Can Max Brosmer bring a new life to this quarterback room? Something Gophers fans have been craving for years. On top of that, more news for the running back room. We're going to wrap our heads around what could be happening for the running backs this season. And then this Gophers women's basketball team, I'm telling you now, look out, get your tickets. They're going to the turn. Hey, you are no locked on happens, Golden no Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here. We're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Golden out, Gophers. Whatever it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. What's up, y'all? You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And today we're talking some football. It's time to get back on track with this offseason that is in full swing. We got to talk about the quarterback, most important position on the field. And can Max Brosmer bring the hope and the life that this program, this fan base, just truly needs after some lackluster passing numbers over the past few years. So we're going to talk about Max Brosmer and why he could bring a breath of fresh air for the Gophers. Then I want to talk about this running back room because not, believe it or not, Bryce Williams is back. So how does that change things up in this running back room? How many running backs did the Gophers even have? And will it remain that way? heading all the way through the spring. And then finally, this girls basketball team, the women's basketball team is absolutely showing up and showing out in year one with Coach Plotoy. I think they're tourney bound and I'm going to tell you why coming up today. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of your daily Gophers content. Moving forward, be sure to give it a thumbs up on YouTube as well so others can find the channel. But I want to know down below, what do you think are a realistic production or realistic season outcome for Max Brosmer with the numbers, passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions. What do you think year one and the only year with Max Brosmer is going to produce? Drop them in the comments below over on YouTube. Now let's dive in about Max Brosmer because at this point, it feels like Gophers fans have been dissatisfied with the quarterback play almost every single season of the seven years that coach PJ Fleck has been here. Now, there's been a lot of hope, there's been a lot of promise long-term, but not much of that has panned out consistently, and that's the key word here, is consistently. Now, you look at new quarterback Max Brosmer, you've got consistency over his last two years, being a uh, Walter Payton Award finalist in the FCS, finished in second place this last season, he led the entire FCS in pass yards, I think he was second in touchdowns. The dude can sling the rock, but he had a lot more passing attempts in that New Hampshire environment than he'll likely see with the Gophers. That being said, I do think efficiency will play well for him here with his style of uh, ball and how he'll fit this system. So it's promising to say the least. But right now we haven't seen that consistency, and that is something that we've seen from him the past two years. Now that said, I think Tanner Morgan doesn't get enough credit, enough love, from the entire fan base when it comes to what he did, especially in that 2019 season. Because not only 
did he have the most passing yards in a single season in Gophers history? But on top of that, he had uh, passing touchdowns, the record in a single season, passing completion percentage in a single season, touchdown to interception ratio in a single season, and passer efficiency rating. So he was absolutely balling out in that 2019 season. Also had another season where he put up over 2,000 yards. So the only player that has put up more than 2,000 yards in a single season with Coach Fleck here at the helm with the Gophers. So definitely doesn't get enough love or enough credit. Now, when you're saying those numbers, yeah, it sounds impressive. 3,253 yards in a single season, 30 touchdowns in a single season, only seven interceptions. That is one heck of a season. And Tanner Morgan, Shout out to you being the Gophers GOAT right now when it comes to single season Gophers QB years. But the next closest, this is what baffles my mind. The next closest season is Adam Weber in 2007. So not only did it take over a decade to top Adam Weber's numbers from 2007, but he was still 400 yards, almost nearly 400 yards less than what we saw from Tanner Morgan in that year. He was six passing touchdowns less than what we saw from Tanner Morgan. And he had almost triple the interceptions than what Tanner Morgan put out in that season. So really shout out to Tanner. That's really the only elite level quarterback season we've seen in maybe the last decade. Now, yes, there's been some blips here and there. Uh, Leidner had some good years. Uh, like I said, Weber had a few good years. Uh, Cupido had a couple good years. But overall, the Gophers are looking for another 3,000-yard passer. They're looking for a guy who can light it up, be efficient, doesn't need 50 pass attempts every game, but somebody that can go out there and put the ball exactly where it needs to be and produce and open up the running game to help this offense thrive. So that is what the Gophers fans are really hoping for. Now, with all of that said, we have typically seen our Gophers quarterbacks knowing that they have promised long-term. Ethan Kaliak-Manis, he was a guy that we were excited about for the long-term. Tanner Morgan and Zach Anikstead, both of them came in as freshmen, redshirt freshmen, uh, true freshmen, that were we were seeing who was going to be the guy for the long-term. It ended up being Tanner Morgan. But overall, even before that, we had Weber for multiple years, Cupido for multiple years, Leidner for multiple years. We haven't really had many one-off quarterback seasons unless it was like a coaching change or something like that. This, we know that's not the case. We know Max Brosmer is not going to have the promise of long-term for the Gophers because he only has one year of eligibility left. So we know this relationship has an expiration date of one season. So the expectations are going to be high, but also you need that that production and to fill those expectations immediately. So not only that, but the Gophers quarterback room has a very shallow room right now. It doesn't have a lot of depth to it. Still needs to add more arms to the room in general in case of injuries and whatnot. But all the more, it stresses the importance of how badly this team needs Max Brosmer to be elite from the jump. So hopefully that if this team wants 2024 to pan out successfully, they need Max Brosmer to be at his best and really give us that Gophers quarterback season that Gophers fans have been yearning for for the past few seasons, but especially for more than one over the last decade. So when you're looking at it all, you know, this team needs the passing game in order to 
keep the tough defenses of the Big Ten honest. You don't want people adding hats to the box in order to try to stop the run game. Slow Darius Taylor down. Slow Jordan Newbin down. Slow the transfers down. You need the passing game to keep them honest. You need the passing game to let your star player and Daniel Jackson, who was top three in the Big Ten Conference, you need someone to get him the ball because his numbers could have been even better last year if the ball was on time at all times or in some of the bigger situations. North Carolina, we missed a lot of deep, open, explosive plays in that one. So if the ball is there and on time, his numbers can crack over 1,000. He can put himself into a draft conversation. So overall, it's needed, it's wanted, it's desired by Gophers fans, the fan base, the coaches, you name it. The production is there with Max Brosmer. The experience is there with Max Brosmer. The system fit is assumably there with Max Brosmer, and the hype is there. But now we need the numbers to actually back it up. So right now, that's where we're at. I'm stoked about this quarterback signee. And as we get closer to the season, you're likely going to hear the same old tired opinions of Minnesota being mediocre or bad. Or you'll see Max Brosmer ranked down at the ninth, 10th, 11th best quarterback in the conference. Maybe he'll even be lower than that with knowing we're having 18 teams because people are not going to buy the hype. But I'm telling you right now, something feels different about this quarterback, and I am excited for it. But I do want to know your thoughts on what you think year one and the only year with Max Brosmer will look like. Drop your predictions in the comments. We can come back and take a look and see how it all panned out. But Max Brosmer could be the quarterback that this program desperately needs to show it can be done right at quarterback within this system, but also it addresses many questions. And there are three questions that we're going to have the answer to this season, regardless of what happens. And that is, is this system the problem or can it be, can we see a productive quarterback within it more than just a one-time flash on top of that? You're going to get the answer to the question. Can the pass game be effective or be as effective as the run game. And finally, if yes to either of those questions, can the Gophers embrace a balanced and more modern offensive approach? We're going to get all those questions answered this season, regardless of if it's yes or no. We're going to find out one way or the other. Now, our first look will be at the spring game, and I, for one, cannot wait to see that preview. But Let's keep it on the offense. Let's talk about the running backs because they brought back Bryce Williams coming back for a seventh year. How does he fit in this room? What is happening with this room beyond Darius Taylor? We're going to dive into that coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel because the NFL season is wrapping up. We only have two real weekends left of playoff football, and now is the best time to take advantage of a new customer bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bucks right away, win or lose. So all you got to do is place a 5 bet and you can even go in and look at their live same game parlays you can go to the new explore tab to explore new bets and find the one that's right for you and on top of that you can go to the parlay hub and find the best way to make popular parlays all that and more player props over unders spreads you name it they have it at fanduel and check it out at fanduel.com slash locked on to take advantage of that deal Again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on. Place a $5 bet and you're getting $150 in bonus bets 
guaranteed win or lose. So definitely make it a layup over at FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Govers fans, let's talk about this running back room because, look, this running back room just gets more and more wild as time goes on with this season or offseason because it has been revitalized. It has changed. We lost Zach Evans to the portal. We lost a walk-on and Max Grand to the portal. You lost Sean Tyler with eligibility. And we thought Bryce Williams was gone too, but no, he said, nah, scratch that medical red shirt. So he now has his red shirt, his freshman or his COVID season from 2020. And then a medical red shirt, giving him a seventh year of eligibility. So he will be back with the Gophers and he will be there for spring practices. So that gives you even more depth to this running back room that has Darius Taylor back and put all of its efforts into making sure their young star is back here. You got Jordan Newbin back who is ready to answer the call and take on the challenge of number 27 and keeping that Newbin legacy going alive on the other side of the ball. And then on top of that, Bryce Williams returning for year seven. So those are your three gophers from last year that are back this year. But then you add two transfers in C.A. Bengura and Marcus Major, who are both coming back and could provide impact. On top of that, you have two true freshmen coming in from the uh, 2024 class, and they're both early enrollees, Fame Ijeboy and also Jaden Wright. So again, that, that right there, that right there is seven running backs. Plus you have two walk-ons in Cortez LeGrant Jr. and uh, uh, Rockow, Xander Rockow. He is trans, or converted from linebacker to running back. And so you have nine, that's right, nine running backs heading into spring practices. Now, yes, running backs might have been an issue last year just with the depth and the injuries, but man, Nine running backs is a heck of a lot of running backs to fill that room. So it calls to question, will they all remain through the spring? But also knowing how P.J. Fleck can really lean into his lead back. The lead back is definitely the one that takes the most touches of the entire room in any season, barring injury, of course. We've seen some flashes here and there of 2021 and 2023 when we had injuries. But outside of that, he likes his go-to back, and then he has one or two kind of impact complementary backs to go with it. So having nine running backs, how do you fill those kind of top three spots? Who's going to see touches that have more than just, let's say, a handful of touches in the 2024 season? Now, I think overall, however this plays out, I think a safe assumption would be if every single running back in this room is healthy, then I think both of the true freshmen that are still early enrollees, I think both of them redshirt this season. And then I think both walk-ons won't see any live snaps. Again, that is if everybody stays 1,000% healthy. And hopefully everybody does. But that takes off four running backs off the board for production in 2024 right off the bat. But even in that case, you still have five running backs. And we're talking about really filling three main roles in this running back room. Now, one thing that is guaranteed, no ifs, no ands, no buts, is that this room runs through Darius Taylor. Now, that isn't speculation. Did you watch any of the games he played in beyond the Nebraska game? I mean, heck, did you watch his return in the bowl game? That man is going to be the lead back through and through. PJ is going to use him, and this team went all in to retain him, so you can definitely assume that he's the lead back with zero questions asked. But the main questions then become, 
does Bryce Williams actually get used? PJ seems to be super loyal with his bets regardless, unless they turn the ball over, then it gets a little dicey for him. But otherwise, will Bryce be willing to sacrifice and be in a smaller role, RB3, RB4 maybe even, or mainly a special teams player? Is that something he would be comfortable with? Or would he want to have a bigger opportunity if that slice of the pie is too small after the spring sessions? On top of that, who is going to be the number two running back? Would it be Bryce? I, my gut says that it wouldn't be, but Bryce has been sure-handed. Bryce has been trusted, so maybe he could find his way in there. But in my opinion, you got to look at Jojo Newbin and you got to look at C.A. Bengura. Both of those two hold a lot of upside. They could step in and be the lead back if there were injuries to Darius Taylor. And again, when you're looking at those two names all of a sudden, you got to think about PJ Fleck is a very loyal person to his players. So again, you look at the experience, you look at doing what he's asked, and then you look at the family involvement as well. I say that Jordan Newbin is probably favored to be the number two running back when you're just looking at it on paper. But on top of that, that, that doesn't absolutely mean that's how it'll play out. Now, that's not to say it isn't also earned by Jordan Newbin because he literally bailed this team out on multiple occasions last year, including the Jordan Newbin game versus Michigan State, where the man went off for 200 yards. So he definitely has earned his slice of the pie. But C.A. Bengura is dynamic. He has been an all-conference back over in the MAC, and you know Coach Fleck has respect for the MAC. On top of that, he's shifty, and he still has two years of eligibility left, so it doesn't have to be a one-and-done type thing. So he could definitely get very involved in this running back room as well. I think those three would be my three. If I was like, who are the top three that fill those roles, those three would be my votes. I have no idea who the actual running back two is in that case, and that's something we have to pay attention to in the spring. But then you still have another back. We've talked about four right now of the five staying away from the true freshman and walk-ons right now. So that fifth back is Marcus Major, and that's the question of where does he fit into this whole picture, and will he be satisfied with how he fits into the whole picture? Now, Marcus Major is a bruising cleanup type running back that could be well used in this Gophers offense because what we learned last year was even with Newbin, even with Darius Taylor, yes, they had times where they could punch it in for the touchdown, but there were many third and shorts uh, in the goal line. There were some fourth and shorts in the goal line where the Gophers kind of struggled to punch the actual touchdowns in, even in the bowl game. In one where you, you saw Darius Taylor basically flip over somebody, I believe it was still a close call to actually punch him into the end zone. Well, that's where Marcus Major comes in big bruising back, big beefy back who can run through. And it makes sense that the team wanted somebody like him to fill that role. He, on top of that, has played a complimentary role with uh, Oklahoma over his whole career. So maybe he is satisfied contributing, but having maybe a few more opportunities than what he was seeing with Oklahoma. On top of that, he can save your other running backs from that goal line punishment, from the third and shorts, while also punching in the touchdowns and finishing those plays off. So maybe he could be like a Jamal Williams with the Lions, where you're like, okay, DeAndre Swift, you can do a lot of the work. Jamal, you get some touches here. Other backs get touches here and there. But when we get to that goal line, look, Jamal, it's your ball. That's what they said, not this year, but the year before with Jamal Williams and the Lions. I could see that role for Marcus Major and the Gophers. Now, what we do know is our running backs coach has shown well in year one. And one thing we can see as a whole is that this room has been revamped and has a ton of talent. So spring questions will be, how does the room shake out beyond Darius Taylor? But it's something to look forward to as we get going here in the offseason. But 
There's one season that is not in the offseason. It's in full swing, and I think they're ready for the tournament, and that is the girls' basketball team. The women's basketball team of the Gophers is for real. They're the real deal. And I'm going to tell you why you need to grab tickets now and get pumped because I think this team could make some noise even in year one. I'm going to tell you why coming up next. All right, Ghost fans, let's talk about this women's basketball team because coming out of the most difficult stretch of their season, six games of grueling games every single night they played, and this Gophers team showed out. The six games against uh, six teams, all in the top 40 in the net rankings, that's impressive in its own right, but the fact that uh, this team goes out there and they go three and three in those games. Now, we had had... Uh, Eric over at junior all-star on the show. And we talked about like, it'll be tough, but how could they realistically finish? And we said three and three, or maybe even four and two, if everything goes right. But either way, if you finish as one of those two, you should be happy with what the future could look like for the rest of this season, but also moving forward. Well, that's exactly what we saw. Now, what makes it impressive is that when you looked at the net rankings on December 6th or December 26th, the day after Christmas, uh, you're looking at the net rankings of their upcoming schedule, and you're looking at Iowa, who is number seven at the time in the net rankings, Maryland, who is 39th, Michigan, who is 38th, Nebraska, who is 21st, Indiana, who is 17th, and Michigan State, who is 16th. Now, they've all shifted and ebbed and flowed, but they've all stayed in that top 40. And the Gophers had to play a top 40 net ranking team in six straight games. Now, in that tough stretch, you're able to go three and three, which is rock solid. And if you could have pulled off that Maryland game, which was a pretty tight game, you would have been ecstatic, lose your mind, crazy hyped. But even without that, the Gophers are currently 14 and four, 14 and four is a phenomenal record heading into February relatively quickly. Now tied for fifth in the big 10 right now, only behind the three ranked big 10 teams of Iowa, Indiana, and Ohio state. But plus, Nebraska is ranked one ahead because they have one, uh, I believe, less conference, or they have one more conference win. So they've just played more conference games than the Gophers right now, and the Gophers still could catch them pretty easily. But overall, record-wise, when you're looking at the non-con and the conference games all together, the Gophers are only behind those three ranked teams. They're fourth in the entire Big Ten in overall records. Now, this is taking into the fact that this is the youngest team in the entire Big Ten conference, 11 underclassmen overall. They had the second best defensive in the entire Big Ten when it comes to opponents' points per game, and they have beaten quality opponents Players or players that are going to be in the tournament, like a Stony Brook who could win their conference, like a um, uh, Drake who could win their conference. And on top of that, then you've got Michigan, you've got Nebraska, you've got MSU. All of those teams, great records, will be tournament players for the most part, having their name in the conversation, and you've taken wins against all of them. Three of the four losses that Minnesota has suffered have been two ranked opponents and two of those were top 10 opponents at that in UConn and Iowa. The other ranked opponent loss was to Indiana. Now, yes, they, they got beat by a, a healthy margin in those games. Uh, some of them looking closer than others at moments and times, but regardless, shots weren't falling tension, you know, maybe a little jittery knowing you're taking on a ranked opponent that will work itself out as we continue to get more experience, as we continue to get to the big 10 tournament and get into those bigger games. But as those shake out and you start to get into your best ball and stick to the game plans that coach puts away has been drawing up, this team can make some noise. Now this team is no joke whatsoever. And on top of all of that, that I've just listed off, they also have five 
players, all of their starters who are averaging double figures in scoring. That's impressive in its own right. So like I said, this team is no joke whatsoever. Now there's 11 games remaining, and I believe every single one of those games could be winnable. Now the biggest challenges, of course, are Ohio State, which just took down Iowa. They're number 12 in the country. And then on top of that, speaking of Iowa, we play Iowa again here at home. Now both of those, maybe the Gophers could swing for the fences and pull off an upset. But even if you drop those two games, you're looking at, what, six losses so far in the season? Now you've got Penn State twice, which Penn State is a good team. You've got Michigan State again, and they're formidable, but the Gophers just ran them off the court. And then Nebraska, who is, again, formidable, but the Gophers won pretty handily there. So if you take that and then you look at the rest of the schedule, you have five other games on the schedule. Wisconsin twice, Illinois, Northwestern, and Rutgers. All of those teams are under 500. So if you take care of the the five games against teams that are under 500, plus you split games versus Penn State, say you might drop a, a thing here or there. That means even if you split one between Michigan State and Nebraska, you are looking at a 21-win season. Now, winning 21 of 29 games in the regular season is one heck of a way to kick off year one with Coach Plitzaway, and it's also probably enough to get you into a tournament, which I think is a realistic aspiration for this young team. If Minnesota keeps on its trajectory, it could be a major year one for Coach Plitzaway, and they really should keep on that trend. Minnesota has won all of the games that it should this season and pulled off upsets along the way, and I expect that trend to continue with this coaching staff. So definitely tap in, get your tickets, get ready for the Big Ten tournament here in Minneapolis to cheer on your Gophers and hopefully lead them to maybe a title and attorney run on the way. But that's going to do it for us on today's episode of Locked on Golden Gophers. I will see you tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more football. We'll dive into men's hoops and more. I'll see you then. Throw the boat. Sky Mago Gophers, as always, and don't forget to subscribe.